Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Cody, wouldn't it be fun if our listeners could actually see us, like, in real time? Uh, yeah, that would be so cool. But what were you thinking? Well, what if we did a live video podcast? It would be just, just like our regular episodes, but instead of just audio, everyone would actually be able to see us and our guests as we interview them. I am in. When are you thinking we could do this? Well, you know, I've really been wanting to talk about the future of events. I know a lot of people are thinking about that right now. So what if we do it super soon? How about next week on Tuesday, July 7th? I love that. Let's do it. And since we'll be live, let's also take some questions from our audience, like a live Q&A. Definitely. In the description area of this episode, we'll include a link so anyone can sign up. I can't wait. Me either. We'll see you all there. Today, we have Brendan Dell, founder of B2H, to give some advice on messaging and communication for the upcoming rebounds. That's right. He has some really great best practices on how to develop some really effective marketing strategies to maximize attendance and engagement. He sure does. So let's get to our interview with Brendan. All right, Brendan, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Can we start just by getting uh, some brief background on you and how you started B2H? Yeah, so B2H, it stands for Business to Human. We're a B2B marketing agency. And the whole thing started because, so right now we're seeing the largest proliferation of new technology in the history of the world. And all of those, or huge volume of those companies are all going to market in the same way, which is content. And what you're starting to see is diminishing uh, returns on those investments because people are sort of treating the market like the stock photo version of people rather than real people. So we started B2H to bring the human back into business marketing and to create uh, audience-centric campaigns. Love that. As a fellow marketer and having the opportunity, I've worked with you a few times, Brendan. Um, I think this is just so important. And we know recovery is inevitable. Live events are going to eventually resume, but everyone's a little bit gun shy about diving right back in. So From a content standpoint, how would you recommend our listeners putting together a communication strategy for when that rebound happens or where should they even start? So I think every, the cornerstone of any communications plan is going to be some kind of a hook, right? What's the one thing you want your market to remember? There's just, there's too many events, there's too much noise in general, right? And people don't have time to investigate things deeply. You can even think about this like in politics, whatever your opinion of Trump, but like make America great again, right? People don't know a lot about him, but they'll remember that phrase. So when you're thinking about how to start going back to market and putting a communications plan together, I would anchor it in some kind of promise, right? What's, what's the extreme value is a term we've been talking about a lot lately that you're gonna provide, right? that from people coming to this, what's the one thing that they need to know about the event and then pay it off with a few specifics, right? Like your three sort of pillars around which you're going to help them uh, like achieve that goal that you promise in your hook, right? Right? So I think about extreme value thinking about like one, how am I going to dramatically change the condition for people, right? Especially in the wake of all this, you're going to have to offer people some kind of really meaningful value if you're going to get them to start thinking about coming somewhere right 
And then how is the world change that makes learning about or experiencing what you're going to give them an imperative now? Yeah, I really like what you say about extreme value. I mean, you only have one shot really to get your point across in a small, succinct way. So positioning that is, is probably going to be super key. How would you recommend, though, that our listeners maximize attendance and engagement on the rebound? I think, first of all, you have to think about this in terms of you're now not just selling the value of your event, right? But you have to sell, sell the value of coming to the event, right? Virtual versus in-person. And then you have to sell the value of the event itself. So I think you need to come back to this uh, when you're thinking about the most butts and seats. It's coming back to this extreme value, right? How do you make something that's unignorably great? And then how do you make it an imperative for now? And when you're talking about the comms plan, you need to get specific. Like a mistake I see companies make when they're merchandising events is every email will basically share the same list of features, benefits, right? Like they'll share the speakers and the number of attendees from last year and things like that. But what the most effective comm strategy is going to do is start at the big promises and layer down one by one through your comms, talking about the individual specific points of the event and how they're going to be valuable uh, to people. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. You do, you see the same sort of emails over and over and over again, the same marketing strategy for these events, the same communications. And so I think it's really valuable what you're saying here, but I just want to ask you, I mean, like real talk here for a second, because yeah. we're in this like virtual world right now. Everything is virtual. Do you think it's actually possible to build the same kind of relationship with your attendees in a virtual environment? I don't think it's possible to build the same kind, but I think you can still think about how to facilitate more intimate kinds of conversations. I'm sure you guys are seeing a lot of interesting things on your side. Um, but I think, so I guess there's like the event planner side of this, and then there's the, the marketer kind of side of this. But if you're thinking about how to build and facilitate relationships between people, uh, which we know is one of the primary reasons people come to events. I think there's a lot of ways that you can get creative on trying to facilitate those kinds of relationships. I heard about someone, you know, you think about your typical like account-based executive dinners and they were to facilitate those in a virtual setting, they were sending bottles of wine to individual executives and then having them um, and sending them catered <laughs> meals to, to home and then having them sit on a virtual executive round table with a speaker and then facilitating the communication that way. So they're still getting the food, they're still getting the wine, they're creating an experience and then they were able to facilitate connections that way. So I think people can get creative to think about how can they blend these experiences um, to try to create more engaging kinds of uh, events for people while we're working on how to go back to a new normal. I agree. Cody and I, so in real life, we're like best friends and we have this whole group of friends and the way that we sit down and communicate, like, let's say we're on a patio at a bar is we all talk over each other like all the time, but now we're in this virtual environment and we all get on a zoom to like play a bingo game or something. And you can't do that anymore. And so I think that that's kind of what you're saying too, right? Like what is the, the goal? What is the like the best kind of experience that you want to give if it's the dinner that you're trying to replicate or a happy hour or maybe a large, you know, uh, general session and really like figuring out with technology how you can recreate that. Yeah, I think, and I think thinking about that engagement part of this, um, 
And the personalization part of this is going to be really important for people because I think part of the event is the experience, right? It's the, it's the, it's, it's the being there. It's the being around people. It's the, um, the, the whole experience of the event. And so I think a mistake we're seeing happen right now, right? And something that, that people are going to have to solve for going forward is how do I not just have a virtual webinar with 15,000 people, right? Like that's not going to be an effective strategy. So how do you create an experience for people um, that does facilitate those same kinds of connections, the same kinds of learnings, um, or at least tries to bring some of those elements in um, and brings the connection part back to it. Cause that's a big part of events, right? Is the connection. I was in a uh, webinar panel yesterday and you know, a lot of people are kind of talking about that there's a way too many virtual events. You know, there's kind of this fatigue happening. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to imagine, especially when it comes to the marketing piece of this, that there are people doing it really well. And then there's others that are kind of like sticking to the script, sort of everybody's has the same message. Have you seen anybody out there that's doing it really well? Yeah, I, I think that this, not to be a broken record, but I do think it comes back to this extreme value in terms of, I, I really think you have to think about your hook with this stuff, right? That is, everybody's gonna have a lot of choices about how they spend their time, attention, and dollars. And so when you love, so we know like professional learning, right? It's professional learning and networking is the two main reasons that people are gonna come to events. So when you level this back up, what is the theme of the event and what is the thing that people are going to come to learn about that is going to help them self-actualize, right? That is going to create some sort of change for them, right? And creating a theme that is going to be really uh, prescient and, and valuable right now so that when people are looking out across um, the ecosystem of how they might spend their time, they go, you know what, this, is, this content is going to really dramatically help me do my job better, right? Perform better, those kinds of things. Um, in a way that I have to be there for this. And I think the people who spend the time to get that right and who really get close to their customers and figure it out where it is they're struggling and how they can be valuable and those versus just sort of like do it with their own self-interest in mind are going to be the ones that come out the back end of this uh, and, and their events are going to be the new cornerstone. I mean, I think from an event standpoint in general, right, I think HubSpot virtual and in person as someone who does this really well because you can look at like they promise they built this community around inbound right and they make this promise of learning how to do that job better if you're a marketer you want to know and you and you buy into hubspot's methodology you want to know how to do inbound now right and so all of us can think about what's our angle what's the game we own right like what's the what's the promise for learning that we're making and then how do we make sure that that's an imperative for now and build a ton of value around that education and that experience? And I've been talking a lot to my team about, um, it's not just about the event, but it's about the content that leads into the event and kind yeah. of creating even that pre-event experience there. I mean, do you have any suggestions or like, new innovative ways like for example even the podcast like is there a place for sort of these new mediums to help create that uh, drive for attendance yeah I, I i really believe so from a higher level strategic standpoint i believe that one of the things that companies can do right now and that is one of the most effective things that they can do is so i'll use this term new game right and i'll define it but it is to own a, a new game and that I'll use Drift, which is, a, for those who don't know, it's a marketing technology that's a chat tool. Um, 
and conversational marketing. HubSpot with inbound is another example of this, right? But what they did is define a new world, right? A change, let's use Drift, a change happened in the world, right? People no, want, no longer want to fill out marketing forms. What they want to do is have a conversation. And if you're going to succeed now, right? If you're going to grow, you're going to learn how to do conversational marketing. So if you're a marketer, it's now an imperative that you understand how to succeed in this new world. Most companies are experiencing some kind of similar change with their end users, right? So how do you define and own a new game from a strategic standpoint? And then how do you build media, whether it's podcasts or however you choose to do it, to educate people around how to succeed in this new world and own that position and make it an imperative that they you know, learn how to do things and succeed in this new world. It's Drift is now a billion dollar company on the back of building, you know, their event is called Hypergrowth, but it's all about how to succeed and do marketing now. And I think this is an opportunity for all companies. Well, Brennan, I wanted to kind of go back to something you said earlier about uh, you know, the relationship between event producers, event organizers, and their attendees. And you said it was not going to be the same. It's going to be a different kind of modified relationship. And I totally agree with you on that. One of the things that I see that's going to be modified as well is the experience in person at events. And I just keep thinking about social distancing. I see it all the time when I go to the store. And I don't think that's going anywhere. I think that when we have events up and running, that's still going to be a part that factors into them. So how would you say that things like social distancing and you know, precautions like that, how would those uh, impact events and what can our listeners do to include this in their communication strategy? I think health and safety is gonna have to be a part of your external materials, right? So, like presented very clearly when we do start to go back to, to live events, right? It's gonna have to be a tab on your website. It's gonna have to be um, part of your communications package to those people who are coming. Um, I think it's something you're going to have to address upfront. Um, and it's something that just showing that you're aware of and that you're taking the relevant precautions and being super, you know, and, and showing, making the event a big part of this the first time around is going to be what's people's experience there, right? So I'll use an example from hospitality since I uh, do a lot of work in the space. Um, I believe it's Marriott who's taking all their rooms, right? And they put a seal across the door when you go in, right? So you physically break the seal of a clean room when you go in and now you feel, right? Like that room is clean and has been sterilized. So you've now created an experience that I feel comfortable with. And then I can tell people like, you know what? They did a really good job. I'm comfortable staying in Marriott, right? Because this seal was there. So the same will happen for events, right? Like how can you create an experience that feels clean, that feels hygienic, and then show people those precautions? And I think it'll go a long way to placating concerns. I mean, we're even seeing things like branded face masks right now and things too, like it could even be a direct mail face mask before you show up or, or something like that. I mean, I think that there's going to be so many different ways we're going to see people communicating this to their, their audiences. Um, yeah, I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and it's I the think, marketer in me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think if you can try to make it fun, you know, and yeah, and just, I, I do think just communicating it, right, that the precautions have been made and, um, 
Yeah, I, and so much of it will come back to how does it feel that first time? Because it's going to be the first of, you know, year one will be something, but it's going to be year two, three, and four, right? Is can we, do people make the transition back to these in-person events? And it's going to be a big imperative at the beginning here that people leave the early events feeling like, you know what, that was handled well. It was worth the time. Um, I didn't feel at risk. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go back. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all happens. Now, um, one of the things that, that I've been hearing a lot of people talk about is charging for events. It's kind of like the elephant in the room because a lot of these events, there was a fee to go to the event. We, we did this with Cvent Connect, right? When we were in Las Vegas, it was a production. Now Cvent Connect is virtual and there's no fee. It's free. You see that a lot. But there's going to come a time where we're all going to come back to maybe even this hybrid or in-person where we are going to start charging again. And it's going to be about, you know, showing that value. So the money is, is worth the, the, the experience. So from a communication standpoint or content, I mean, how do you think that it is going to be best to have those conversations? So I think there's three things I would think about. The first is, again, coming back to that extreme value piece of it, right? Like how... What's the experience that you're going to facilitate in person that can't be done virtually, right? And how are you going to really work hard on creating an engagement strategy? Uh, and when I say engagement, I mean, how are you going to make experiences there where people are going to get to be around the kind of people they want to be around, right? Like create those networking, create those um, serendipitous opportunities to meet new people and, and do that in a way that you can't do it virtually, right? Start to carve that stuff out of the virtual strategy and bring it sort of in person, right? Um, it's all about that one thing you want people to remember, right? Like what's the one promise you're going to make and then how do you communicate that value really clearly and create experiences in person that aren't going to happen virtually? The second part of this is I would think really deeply about how to segment your communications and I would be thinking about how can I make all of this outreach more personal? So you can think about People who attended the virtual conference um, or certain tracks are going to get one type of thing, right? Partners will get one thing. Past attendees to your live event will get a certain kind of um, invite, right? You should have a personalized comm strategy for each of these segments so that you're creating as relevant a connection as you can. And how can you use your internal team to reach out directly to the customers who you know, are really high value for you or the segments that are really high value for you? And the third part, I think, is sort of offers, right? It's not, not that anyone wants to discount, but you can think about, um, so recently, last year, we did a, a audience acquisition campaign for a company, and they were, they were like 12 weeks out from a big event that had historically been free, and they started charging for the first time. They didn't put a communication strategy around this ahead of time. And so we had to figure out a way to get 4,000 people in a room in you know, a couple months. And so one of the big levers you can always pull is price. And so when it comes to events, we know that bringing back value to the company, right? Bringing back your learnings is one of the key things that people want. Uh, so thinking about either BOGOs or positioning the value, right? Is like, we're here to help in these you know, difficult times and we want to help you get more value and we're investing really deeply in this one thing that's going to provide radical transformation and value for you guys. Um, so we're going to give you a buy one, get one, right? To bring people to the event. I think all those kinds of things, incentives um, 
is another lever you can pull to start to ease people back in. And then as the years go on, you bring your prices back up, right? And perhaps phase out incentives as needed. Probably, I mean, tell me if this is fair to say, but everything, all those three really great points could be applied to a virtual event if you chose to charge, which I think some people are exploring. That segmented personalized communication, I'm sure, would go a long ways to showing the value if you wanted to charge a nominal fee for a virtual event. I think there's no reason you can't charge for a virtual event. And I think just the same way with marketing, that you can create premium content that people are willing to pay for, and then you also will give away content that people are willing to pay for. It comes back to that extreme value, right? Are you creating, first of all, have you built enough trust with your audience that they believe, oh, and this is like a long-term play, right? But have you built enough trust with your audience that they believe you're gonna provide something valuable for them, or is it just gonna be a bunch of sales pitches from vendors, right? In which case, obviously no one's gonna wanna pay, but they're not gonna wanna pay twice, certainly. Um, and then how do you communicate that extreme value to people so they understand that this is worth the price of admission because what they're going to get um, when you think about positioning against an ROI, it's worth every dollar because you're going to help them achieve this outcome that they need to achieve. Yeah, that's really interesting, Brennan. I like that, you know, building trust and then communicating the extreme value. Those are super important factors. And I also like what you said about having some additional maybe premium content that's a way really to kind of uh, justify having a, a, a fee for a, a virtual event. This has been such a cool conversation, Brendan. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I do have to ask you my favorite question. If you had to leave our listeners with just one takeaway or piece of advice, what would that be? Yeah. What's the one thing you want your market to remember, right? And get really clear about that and make sure it's something that they really care about and make sure you're communicating that from every possible place that you can so that when people have to make a decision about do I do A, B, or C, um, they remember you first. Thank you, Brendan, so much. I mean, we have a lot of marketers that listen to this podcast and I'm sure they're just waiting for more information. I'm sure we could talk to you all day, but I heard that you actually started your own podcast. Yeah. I did. That's correct. Yeah. My, my podcast, surprisingly based on this conversation, is called The Hook. Um, and you can find it on my personal website, which is www.brendendell.com. That's amazing. Anything else you want to promote or share with our listeners while you have you? Yeah. For those who are looking um, and have questions around comms, how to do uh, any of this, you can look at our agency at B2, it's the number two, hagency.com. And for those who want to learn how to do messaging for themselves, my book, uh, the 12 Immutable Laws of High-Impact Messaging will give you a rubric to think about how to create a comms plan, um, how to create messages that are going to move your market. Oh, so fantastic. I can personally vouch. I've worked with Brendan quite a few times. Um, so I recommend checking out his book, his podcast, and reaching out if you have um, any needs. And thank you again for being on this podcast and maybe we can be on yours someday. Yeah, that oh. sounds great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'd love to have you guys on. Yeah. Awesome. All awesome. Right. Well, Thanks thank for having you me guys. Thanks yeah, Brendan. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I always love talking to Brendan. I think that was pretty obvious. Um, he does have some really great tips on building relationships, especially with attendees in a virtual environment. 
Yeah. And I really like his thoughts on fee strategies with in-person versus virtual events. Hey, great. That was so interesting. If you guys want to get more episodes and exclusive content, you can head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. Also, don't forget to check out the episode description for some additional resources. And if anyone out there has ideas on how to communicate during this rebound back into in-person live events, please let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We'd love to have you on the show. And before you know it, we'll have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.